0: Welcome to the Andy Higgs podcast episode 13 the one with Ricky Smith Hello welcome everybody wherever you're listening from to the Andy Higgs podcast today I'm have the privilege of chatting to Ricky Smith principal of St Gabriel's school in Newbury Ricky welcome
1: oh, hi Andy really nice to talk with you and an absolute pleasure to be here, having the opportunity to, to uh, exchange views and, and talk about my educational journey.
0: Oh, great stuff. Well, well, I suppose we just dive straight into it then, sure. Ricky. Um, uh, start off with well, what's your story? Where did you come from? How do you end up at St. Gabriel's?
1: So I am uh, Ricky Smith. I am uh, an English teacher and my educational journey or my journey has taken me around the country in, in various ways. I I guess I started um, at school in Hampshire. My my parents lived in a little village called Lippook on the Hampshire-West Sussex-Surrey border. And from there, I went to a school in Petersfield, a school called Church's College. It was an independent school from 11 to 18, uh, where I boarded. um, And I loved school. I loved all that that gave me in the way of uh, academic opportunity, but also uh, probably um, to my academic detriment at that stage, uh, I loved the sport that I could play um, and drama and music and, and all those kind of things that uh, uh, schools are all about in, in many ways. And so uh, I kind of went through school uh, playing lots of cricket, particularly. Um, and that's a, a kind of big shaper for me. Uh, but I'll come back to that uh, later on, I think, in in what we're talking about. Um, From there, I went off to uh, Aberdeen University uh, back at the end of the 80s, where I read English and history. Um, I did a joint honours degree there. I really enjoyed that. I played, again, lots of sport, lots of drama. Uh, Gilbert and Sullivan was something that I I kind of ventured into um, and enjoyed immensely. Um, And I played um, uh, university first team lacrosse and uh, cricket when I was there. And then... um, From university, I I had this uh, um, desire to to become a teacher, which I'd always wanted to do, but I also was a bit concerned about whether I I wanted to go straight from school, university into the classroom. And so I um, applied uh, to join the army. So I, I, I got to the end of my degree. And I had a a place to do teacher training at Cambridge and a place at Sandhurst to start their officer training back in, I think ninety two, and I um, up until the August of that year I I had both those things in my hand, and decided to to try Sandhurst and uh, and did uh, a fairly pathetic five weeks at Sandhurst when I realised that uh, khaki wasn't my favourite colour, and uh, I needed to to come away from that. And uh, then I, I reapplied to Cambridge to do um, my PGCE and uh, got offered a place for the next year uh, to be an English teacher there. And in the meantime, I, I then spent um, the rest of that that academic year working in a, a prep school where I uh, taught some geography and did um, uh, hockey and cricket uh, with the boys and girls there. And then went to do PGCE, which uh, was uh, lots of fun. Um, challenging in some ways but having been in the classroom before it was it was not worrying about being in front of pupils um and cambridge is a beautiful city in, in which to do that mm-hmm. uh, i met my wife while i was doing teacher training so she's an english teacher as well at cambridge and then um mm-hmm. off i went to suffolk for my first teaching position uh, at a school called Frowlingham College, which um, uh, gave me the opportunity to cut my teeth as a, as a teacher. Um, I was there for three years and uh, really enjoyed it. Um, but it was up in deep dark Suffolk, which for a, a 24-year-old is is not the most lively of places <laughs> to be. Uh, and so I put lots of miles in my first ever car, driving down to London to see friends. And uh, and, and my, um, my girlfriend at the time is you now my wife. Um, but I really enjoyed that. It was it was really good. It was a um, a way of teaching that uh, a, allowed me to be fully immersed in in school life. Um, and then uh, I decided, or, or I was getting married, so I needed to move from Suffolk, moved down to London, and, and took a job in um, a grammar school down in Kent, down in Gravesend. So I was a, um, an English teacher at the, the girls' grammar school down there, which my fir- was my first kind of entry into single-sex education. Um, and I remember coming away from the interview going, oh, what have I done? I've, I've signed up to be in a girls' school Um and uh have many years on from that, uh, 2019, 20, 20 years on from that, 24 years on from that, gosh, my maths isn't great. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, uh, um, I'm still teaching primarily in a girls' school or in charge of the girls' school. So I've got a, a wonderful co-ed aspect to St. Gabriel's here. Um, but I, I did eight years there, having thought I'd do about it a year, um, and really uh, learnt my trade as a as a teacher, an English teacher there, and um, loved it. It was a fantastic opportunity, great people. And again, I, one of the things we'll talk about later, on, I'll explain that a bit more. And then had the opportunity to um, apply for, uh, had a six-form job at um, a school in Oxford, um, having done uh, eight years in, in Gravesend. And was able to to become head of sixth form at Headington School in Oxford, um, and we had a family by then, so it was nice to move out of London. And uh, and I stayed there for twelve years, I think it was, um, and uh, went from the head of sixth form to being in charge of all pastoral care in the school as deputy head, um, and then uh, and, and found myself uh, applying for headships, and and was fortunate enough to be appointed at St Gabriel's back in 2016, and. Um, I, I would like to think I haven't looked back since then really enjoyed it um, different type of school but it's helped me to understand my educational philosophy much more clearly I think having uh, had the chance to lead in this in this role.
0: Wow Ricky thank you so much that's that, that's that is um, well, you, you're not shy of moving around that's for sure. No I've, I've moved around a bit yes. But all for the better I'm sure now okay in amongst that moving around and that and and that journey um, what would you what would you say is your professional hedgehog? What's your one thing that you never, 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 never are going to let
1: go of? Well, I, I I thought quite hard about that, Andy, and, and um, a bit like some of your other um, guests, I, I think they said, oh, can I have two? Um, I'm, I'm going to put three into one and then equal another one, if, if that's OK. So I'm playing with my own rules here. So uh, <laughs> uh, the three things that I think are, are really significant to me are sincerity, integrity, and honesty. Uh, and so I think, all those are fundamental to me doing um, whatever I'm trying to do professionally in in the career that I have and in in the role that I have. And I I think probably the the one that comes out in that is is you've got to have humour as well. And so I always try and, uh, when I can, and it's appropriate to see the the lighter side of things and and move things on in that way. Um, But I I think if you can't be sincere and have integrity um, and be honest with people, then actually you're, you're kind of facing a very steep, sloped in the first place Mm, indeed absolutely
0: okay so cast your mind back to who knows aberdeen cambridge not sure uh what's the one thing you wish you'd known when you began your career
1: um well there are lots of things um i I think probably from a a teaching point of view and the majority of my career i've been a, a teacher i still do a bit of teaching now here at st gabriel's Um, It's the idea, and it it comes from one of my favourite books, um, To Kill a Mockingbird, where I think Atticus says to uh, his daughter, um, uh, Scout, um, that you don't understand things until you see things from other people's points of view. And Mm. I think for me, it's trying to put myself in other people's shoes and try and uh, walk around as they would so that I can get a, a different perspective on how they might be behaving or, or why they mm-hmm. might be behaving. And I think probably, and, and this comes again from, I think probably one of your earlier interviews, um, there's, there's a, a key moment kind of prior to becoming a parent and, and becoming a parent where as a, a, a non-parent teacher, I, I kind of saw things in a fairly black and white kind of way. I think I, I had some kind of um, uh, empathy but being a parent, I can see things in a far more empathetic way and understanding that uh, there's a lot of grey areas in there that um, sometimes need to be explored to help get to the best uh, outcome for people. OK, great. Thank you. Um,
0: <clears throat> in that journey, um, full of successes and positive experiences, lovely, you know, uh, and you've mentioned the people and I think we'll come back to that. Yeah. Um, what... Um, on the flip side, what was the most... Well, I, I think I've I phrased it as biggest failure, but what, what what that's probably a bit unfair. But what what um what's the most informative experience that you think? Well, yeah, it was quite negative, but something came from it.
1: Well, I, I think it it's a, a kind of general point, but there are lots of the examples that would go there. In that I think as a, a person, my character is someone that has pretty high expectations, and uh, um, and I'm I'm not somebody who always thinks that my way is is the best way or the right way. Um, but I think over time I've realised that there's a failing in in thinking that you can't get to a certain point without going in different routes or a different routes that will lead you to the successful outcome. And I think as my career has developed, um, probably as a um, uh, a young 24 uh, year old English teacher, I probably thought I I, I understood most of the things. And actually, as years have gone on, I can see that there are different ways of uh, um, of skinning a cat and getting wherever you want to get to with these, these okay. things so it's probably that Andy. okay
0: yeah so you, the, the more you know the, rea- the more you realize you don't know a- absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> okay so um uh, between us um we have yeah, know work with a lot of colleagues over time uh, what what advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career in education i,
1: I think i would encourage them very much to do it i think um go ahead and, and uh, um, get involved get some experience um, it, it is as we know it's the most fantastic job because of the variety whether you're a, a classroom teacher um, or a teaching assistant just working with young people or being in a, a, a employment place with young people is just amazing it's hugely challenging I think um, be prepared for lots and lots of hard work but actually uh, the opportunities that it brings opportunities for uh working in different uh, environments working with different people um uh keeping on top of uh, changes to curriculum and stuff like that is challenging as well mm-hmm. but it it, mm-hmm. it is just the most wonderful job i think it's um changing the whole time and so you've got to keep uh keep on your toes but i think uh, if you're prepared to work hard then it's a really rewarding job to have
0: yeah a- anything worth doing work hard work yeah uh whether it be with children with or in any other sphere yeah right? but, I, I
1: think, um... sorry i think with that just the fact that you work with young people and you can see the way that they are going to um learn and develop and uh, I, I hate the expression kind of the end product but at, at the end of each term at the end of each year you see that progression that development and then uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and when you get to sort of my age in life and you kind of come across people who you've taught to are now very successful in what they're doing and and if they kind of reference back to times where they have been taught by people or um haven't been by yourself then you kind of think well actually that you've had some part to play in in the success or the shaping of that young person and and that is something that money just doesn't buy it's just a, a wonderful experience mm. to have.
0: OK, super. Um, along, we've talked a lot about people. Uh, I think they're going to come up again in a minute, but, but a, a brief hiatus into other sure. things. What, 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 um, what would you say are the best resources that have helped you along the way, be it um, physical resources or otherwise, um, be it a particular book, a particular uh, course, wh- whatever it may be, what, what, what particular things have, have helped you along your way?
1: Well, I, I think as an English teacher, I um, was <laughs> going back to Shakespeare Uh, i've loved teaching shakespeare and you can kind of use shakespeare in so many different ways whether that's through poetry or through drama um understanding character understanding world events it's just a a wonderful tool um so i've I've thoroughly enjoyed that i think um i've lent on over the course of my career colleagues an awful i know that's people again but colleagues have been incredibly supportive and helpful uh as i've gone through and i've I've learned so much continue to learn so much from my colleagues on a, a daily basis i think from a um uh a more general sense uh I've, I've begun to lean more as i've got more or further along in my career on the association so um when i was a, a kind of classroom teacher um union nas uwt was very useful and supportive for me now as a, a leader ASCL is incredibly supportive and useful when need be um the girls school association which my school is what well, i am a member of with gsa school Um, They have been very supportive, always at the end of a phone call, if I need to talk to anyone there. Um, And and I guess, as others have said, it's actually, as we've developed from being teachers in the early 90s to teachers in 2020, um, there is also the Internet and and how we can uh, cross-reference things and communicate with people, um, use uh, social media in, in a really positive way to get information really quickly, and the community that comes from that as well. OK, great. Thank you. Um, so uh, uh, three
0: people, then three people, just the three. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to yeah, be strict. Okay. Just, just just the three, three people who've been most influential
1: on you. OK, so um, the first one for that is uh, um, a man who was a, a cricket coach of mine uh, way back uh, when I was kind of about nine to, to 13, 14. A man called Malcolm Wiseman, who sadly ha- has died now, Um but he, uh, uh, on a, a sort of more superficial level, taught me um, the forward defensive. So I was able to be a very stubborn um, and obstinate opening batsman. Um, and But also he taught me about managing teams and managing people and leading people. And so I was um, fortunate enough in my school days of cricket to um, uh, end up being captain of most of the sides that I played in and uh and i learned a lot how to do that um through listening to his advice um and just kind of understand people a bit more than perhaps a um an 11 12 year old might do so he was incredibly important and those those um lessons whether it's on the cricket pitch or whether it's um in in a, a meeting environment in running a school or in whatever kind of capacity you find yourself or place you find yourself in um he has been or he, his words often come back to me he was, he was a great man and, and, and greatly missed so he's, he's the first one and i will keep it to three i promise <laughs> um the second one is um the head of department who uh took me on in kent in gravesend back in 1997 who was um one of the most inspirational teachers um and leaders i've ever come across uh, a brilliant english teacher a really supportive colleague um and made me realize um uh, what perhaps I was capable of in the classroom and inspired me to work uh, really, really hard, but actually to the end of good end of uh, people's outcomes and to and, uh, um, be a, as good a teacher as, as I possibly could be. And what was wonderful about that is in that time when I was working with her, the English department I, I was in um, was the lead English department in Kent. And so we had um, people come to see us, um, kind of, and, and talk to us about what we did. And, uh, and it was all down to the leadership of, of Sharon Dixon and, and all that she uh, inspired us to do. Um, so that's the okay. second one. And the third one is much closer to home. Um, and it's my wife, uh, Lindsay, who is um, an English teacher as well and is there at the end of each day for me to go, blimey, you wouldn't believe what happened <laughs> today, which I'm sure you can relate to from a, a school point of view. Um, and she gives me some kind of sense of perspective and distance from um, the, the sharp end of events uh, is incredibly patient, is uh, very good at understanding when I sort of say, Did I live a bit later home tonight? Because, um, and has been throughout my career like that. Uh, she's a far better teacher than I ever was, and she is far more intelligent than I can ever be. But uh, the way our careers have gone, she has um, stayed as a, a fantastic English teacher, and I've gone up the, the, the ladder to headship but uh, I could not have done that without the advice and support and love that she's given.
0: Oh, wonderful stuff. I'm assuming, Ricky, that um, unlike some prep schools, you don't work in the same school?
1: No, no, we don't. She... um, she is uh, uh, at Headington, So we did work for a little while in the same school. And I think we saw less of each other in school than we did at home, <laughs> Um in, in the fact that I, I never saw her. I, I think if, if I, when I was deputy head, if I was able to go to a department meeting, she might not have been able to get to it. Or uh, we're both in the same department. Um, and so it was, it was kind of quite <laughs> surreal. We'd see each other um, in the corridor every now and again. And I think maybe once a term we would by chance have lunch together which people would always leave us on the table alone. It's thought we'd never see her But no, she, she's a secondary teacher at Paddington where I was before. So uh, okay, also. great.
0: Okay, now then, um, we've wondered about uh, advice for people entering education. We've talked about people and uh, on the way and uh, in your journey. Um, what is the if there was one myth, about education that you'd want to take the opportunity to debunk what would it be
1: it's the old adage that those that can do and those that can't teach um i think teaching is a highly skilled profession and i think a lot of people just take for granted that actually yeah you could go and be a teacher and you look at the skills that are required on a day-to-day basis um, from a subject knowledge from a um an ability to support young people understand empathize deal with parents, deal with uh, colleagues. It's an incredibly uh, tough profession um, and, and goes against the grain of people who just think that teaching is all oh, lovely long holidays, which I grant there are nice holidays there, um, but we all finish at three o'clock and go home. The amount of work that goes on outside of the classroom mm. by all colleagues in all sectors is phenomenal. Um, and that's what I'd like people to understand. It. And I think uh,
0: in, uh, in the most difficult circumstances, some uh, some people being at home so much now with their children of realizing the, the the what looks like a quite straightforward um position to take as a teacher each day
1: yes. isn't quite so yeah absolutely I, I was amused on the first day of lockdown or, or when schools were were closed for um all but key workers um in our the road i live in um we've got a, a whatsapp group of support and uh, one of my neighbors um who's, uh uh, a very nice, very kind of uh with it and, and kind of in control kind of dad. He uh um he he sent a message out saying, Oh, it's lunchtime on the first day of school, I've resigned my position as my teacher. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> so uh I think suddenly there was a realization about what we do in the classroom and what we do in schools on a day to day basis. Okay. Indeed, indeed, goodness me.
0: Now um I've, I've asked you a few questions. Um, if if yep. you were asking the questions, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't?
1: Um, I think for that one um, is perhaps how uh, you've come to get to grips with the fact that the job is never done. Because I think when we, we start off as teachers and, and there are some jobs that finish at five o'clock every day and actually go home and you have no, no work to do or little work to do. And I think in teaching, the work is never done. And I think probably that's something that um, I, I, I think is quite an interesting concept <clears throat> for people to understand. Mm, that's a good one.
0: Oh, I, I, it's duly noted, Ricky, that one. I tell you, that's duly, right. <laughs> duly noted. That's an, I, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Okay so now, before we draw to a close uh, and I ask my uh, signature question where, where can people find out more about uh, Ricky Smith and St Gabriel's
1: and things like that well uh, obviously the, the school website which is uk. um and uh, um a bit more about me can be found there with uh, I've just started writing i just it's just gone I think to Newbury weekly news today, but is on there as a blog about being ahead in the time of uh, COVID-19. So you can find out about my thoughts on that and that will continue over the course of the, uh, the, the lockdown period Um, on Twitter. I can be found at head at St. Gabriel's um, and again, Twitter was something new to me before I became a head and uh, it's a fantastic tool to, uh, Get messages across and and actually um, be able to keep a, abreast of what's going on in the world. So those are the the two I guess two online forums that I have. Great.
0: Okay. So let me finish then. Um, sure. Se- secret source, Ricky. What what do you do every day, every week, and every term? What's your secret source as principal at St. Gabriel's?
1: So the the first thing every day is I laugh um uh, i think sometimes it's in despair but sometimes it's it's because it's genuinely funny um but i think i I always make sure that i do laugh in the course of the day um uh every week uh i i try uh i probably would be shot down for for not doing this but i i try to talk to every single member of staff that i have in school um pupils it's a little harder to do but i try that as well um and at the same time celebrate the good things that are going on either in their classrooms or them as individuals or in their wider life, if that's come through to me as well. And then I think every term, uh, a bit like some of the other um, interviews you've done, I I like to reflect on what we've done, um, on the good things and also the bad things, and then look forward to um, what's going to come in the next term and the next years to come. Great stuff.
0: Well, Ricky, it's been an absolute pleasure I know that our listeners will have got so much from all that you've contributed today. Um, Thank you you so much for your time.
1: Well, thank you, Andy. I've I've really enjoyed it. It made me think quite hard about uh, what I do, but also I think probably more than that, it it made me realise just uh, how much I do enjoy the job that I do. Um, And I I think I always knew that, but actually it's just firmed that up in in what's a a difficult time for us all as heads in. in No, indeed. Brilliant
0: stuff. Ricky, a pleasure. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you Andy thank you take All care bye 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 now